ask the congregation to stand, please, to receive His Majesty's representative, Dr. Stephen Bailey, His Majesty's Deputy Lord Lieutenant for County Antrim. opening praise tonight is, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Let's bow together and seek the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Almighty God and gracious Heavenly Father, we still our hearts in your presence tonight as we come to this, your house. We come in the attitude of prayer as we commit ourselves unto the Lord and we pray for your blessing to attend this service. We thank you that thou art our God in ages past and our hope for years to come. We look back over the, the many centuries of history and we trace the, the providential hand of God in all things. 
And Lord, you've been the hope of your people in every century, in every decade, and you're still our hope today. And we can say tonight in the words of the Psalm 46 that God is our refuge and our strength and a present help in trouble. We come this night to remember those who have given their lives for our freedoms, paid the ultimate sacrifice that we might enjoy the liberties that we have, to be able to come like this unhindered to the house of God on your day, to be able to worship the Lord and to gather without anyone hindering us from coming to your house and to be able to proclaim the glorious gospel with freedom in this nation. Lord, we know that such liberties cost a lot. And we think, Lord, of the, the wars that have been fought for our freedoms. We thank you for gallant men and women who laid down their lives, who paid the ultimate sacrifice. And yet, Lord, as we rejoice in our freedoms and our liberties and we take this time tonight to honor those of the past, we thank you most of all for the dear Son of God who came who came into this world in the fullness of time to be the sacrifice for sin, who paid the greatest sacrifice or made the greatest sacrifice, paid the greatest cost. For we know that Christ came in love and in grace to redeem a people unto himself. And there the cross of Calvary, he laid down his life that we might have eternal life. We thank you for the wonderful message of the gospel that proclaims a Savior who came to this world to be that sacrifice for sin. Lord, even at this time, may we remember that greater love hath no man than this, than the blessed Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life, not for his friends, but for those who were strangers, for those who were enemies, indeed for sinners. We're so thankful about that this evening. Lord, we pray that your blessing will attend this service. Remember all who take part. May we have the sweet abiding presence of the Lord who has given the guarantee, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And we pray that a key feature of this gathering will indeed be the presence of the Lord. Speak to us, commune to our hearts. We pray that you'll open up the scriptures later and bless the message that we bring. And as a result of our coming together, may God be glorified in the name of the Lord Jesus, exalted, because we ask all things in and through him who is our Redeemer. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Stephen just now. the congregation please stand to receive the standards and remain standing for our act of remembrance please
They shall grow not old, that as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them.
When you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow we give our today. congregation may be seated for our wreath laying. <clears throat> These wreaths are laid in thankful remembrance of those who in two world wars and subsequent conflicts and during the troubles here in Northern Ireland have given their today for our tomorrow. And tonight we remember the lives that have been taken in the war in Ukraine, both civilian and military. And we're pleased to have with us tonight again our friends from Ukraine, Ukraine who have come to call Balamoni their home. Also represented tonight, we remember the lives lost in Israel. Um, a special guest representing Brazil, as we remember those who during the war gave and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Causeway Coast and Glensborough Council, Mr. David Jackson, MBE, Chief Executive. The Army, Major Adrian Patrick, 152 Transport Regiment, RLC, and Mr. Hugh McClanahan, Royal Irish Regiment. The Royal British Legion, Mr. William McAleese and Anna Henry, Collybacky Royal British Legion.
The Police Service of Northern Ireland, Chief Superintendent Sam Donaldson, Chairman of the Christian Police Association Northern Ireland branch, his father, a Chief Inspector in the RUC, George Cross, died on duty as a result of a terrorist mortar attack in 1985. Sam's uncle, also a serving police officer, died on duty as a result of terrorist attack in 1970. The Northern Ireland Prison Service, Mrs. Beverly Wall, Director General of the Northern Ireland Prison Service. The Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service, Mr. Alistair Campbell, Watch Commander. The Northern Ireland Ambulance Service, paramedic Mr. Stephen Laverty. UDR Association, Mr. Derek Archibald and Mr. Gary McClelland in memory of his late father, Mr. Charlie McClelland. The Royal Ulster Constabulary, George Cross, Mr. Paul Kyle, and Mrs. Marion Stevenson. The Ulster Special Constabulary Association, Mr. Mervyn Miller and Mr. Drew Bomber.
the Orange Order and the Royal Black Institution, Mr. William Archibald, Chaplain, Balamoney District Number 16, and Mr. Robert McAleese, Lecturer, Balamoney District Number 5. The Junior Grand Lodge of Ireland number eight, Master Mark Inglis, Lewis McConaughey Chaplain, and Brother Andrew McConaughey. The Independent Orange Institution, Mr. James Anderson, Imperial Grandmaster, Mr. Alan McLean, past Imperial Grandmaster, and Mr. Mervyn Storey, Deputy Imperial Grandmaster. The Apprentice Boys of Derry, Mr. Alec Taylor and Mr. Sean McCauley. memory of Sergeant David Ross, 31 years of age, Royal Military Police, who was murdered on the 27th of March 1984 in Grancha, Londonderry. Mr. Robert McCauley, a witness at the scene. memory of all the innocent civilians who lost their lives during the troubles here in Northern Ireland, Mr. Ian Brownlow and Mr. Shane Laverty, in memory of his brother, RUC Constable Robert Laverty, who was murdered on the Antrim Road, Belfast, by the Provisional IRA in 1972, aged just 18. And on behalf of the Youth Fellowship here at Hebron Free Presbyterian Church, Sarah Halliday and Luke McCauley.
in memory of all those civilians and military personnel who have lost their lives in the war in Ukraine, Pastor Valentin Davenkov, Sasha and Valera. In memory of those from Brazil who lost their lives during the Second World War, Mr. Kenneth Orr, the Honorary Consul General of Brazil in Northern Ireland, and in memory of those civilians and military personnel who have lost their lives in the war in Israel, Reverend David Park on behalf of the Jewish community here in Northern Ireland. memory of RUC Constable Frank O'Reilly on this, the 25th anniversary of his murder, uh, who was the last serving member of the RUC to be murdered in Northern Ireland on the 6th of October 1998, David and Andrew Park, nephews. On behalf of the Session Committee and Congregation of Hebron Free Presbyterian Church, Mr. Phil Moffat, Clerk of Session. to place on record our appreciation to all who have taken part in this our remembrance service and we just ask the Reverend Park to close this part of our meeting in prayer please let's bow together in prayer Heavenly Father we thank you for tonight and for this remembrance time so many here have been affected by trouble and conflict in the past thank you for those here that have served in the armed forces. We think of those that have <clears throat> lost loved ones in the conflicts as well, and who this very night, it's, it's so poignant as they mourn the passing of their loved ones. We pray that Jesus himself will draw near and go with us, that your blessing will be upon this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna to sing together another hymn this is our offering hymn, There Will Never Be a Sweeter Story. Story of the Savior's Love Divine.
to bid you welcome to this special service of remembrance. We welcome you sincerely. We welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to make an apology on behalf of a lady who was to be here from the Jewish community representing Israel, but she took on well and has not been able to come. And Major David Allen was not able to come either because his mother has taken very ill. So we, we do send Apologies from them. Special welcome to our distinguished and our honored guests, folks that are here. Dr. Bailey, always glad to have you uh, coming along to our remembrance service and the others that are here tonight sitting up at the front. Kenneth Orr, um, a special welcome to you. We lost a very dear friend this week, Dr. Bill Woods, who served since 1960 in the land of Brazil. This gentleman is from Brazil. His parents were missionaries 
uh, with the, the brethren and went out many, many years ago. And uh, Kenneth was born in that land. He served in the armed forces. And he now represents uh, the consul of Brazil here in Northern Ireland. And so to you especially, we welcome. Um, we, we met you yesterday at the funeral service of Bill Woods. And it's a delight to have you tonight. Now, refreshments will be served after the service. Uh, we hope you can stay and receive something uh, by way of hospitality and something to eat and drink. I want to thank Mervyn because every year Mervyn brings this meeting together and there's a lot of organization that goes in behind the scenes and it was particularly difficult for him this year because he was away on a week's holiday and he had so much to do just over a week ago that everything would be prepared for today for Mervyn didn't arrive back until about lunchtime or a little after. I want to thank Stephen, our narrator, and Ian, our bugler, and Gareth, our piper, and our church organist and pianist. We don't make the usual announcements at our remembrance service, so you'll forgive me for not doing that, but I just want to remind you that our dear friend, Dr. Bill Woods, did go home to be with the Lord last Monday. I had the wonderful honor of being at his bedside when he passed from this scene of time uh, together with David Gibson. David's been very close to Bill in these days and uh, the Lord ordained it so that we would be there. We've been very close uh, to our brother Bill. We've been in Brazil three times. Uh, this gentleman has been everywhere in Brazil. I've been to a few of the places and a beautiful country and lovely people and with so many precious memories. There is uh, a remembrance service, a thanksgiving service that will be held for the life and the legacy of Dr. Bill Woods, and that will be on the 3rd of December. It will be in the Martyrs Memorial at 3.30 in the afternoon. It will mean a very quick turnover for our congregation because we're at a distance. So we've suggested if you want to bring your lunch here, eat it at the church, and then travel to Belfast so that you can get back again for our evening meeting. These are all the announcements that I need to make. We are delighted that our choir, our Hebron choir is here tonight and they're going to sing, going to minister in song just now before we come to a short message tonight.
want to thank the Hebrew Choir tonight for participating. They have led us to the cross of Jesus Christ, and that is so important. Very often at these remembrance services, we think of the greatest sacrifice that was ever made, and we are often led to the death of Christ upon the cross. So thank you to the choir, and may the Lord touch our hearts as we have been led to Calvary tonight. May those messages be a real blessing. So often we speak about the sacrifice of the Lord at these meetings, and we talk about greater love of no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends, a text of scripture that appears in so many of the war memorials and the Senate halves through the country. But I want to turn to some of the words of Christ tonight in a sermon that he preached, and we find our reading in Matthew 24, a very familiar passage of scripture. Matthew 24, and we're just going to read the opening part of the chapter that leads us into the opening part of the Lord's sermon. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. It's right and it's proper to remember those who gave their lives for our freedom. The Bible exhorts us to remember those things that are important and those situations that that matter, things that we can learn from. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations, Deuteronomy 32, verse 7. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember Lot's wife, Jesus said in the New Testament in Luke chapter 17, verse 32. 
And as we think of the, the Lord's table, the institution of it, as the Lord sat at meat with his disciples, he said, this do in remembrance of me. World War I, or the Great War, as it was called, spanned over the years from 1914 to 1921. It is reckoned that nine million soldiers and five million civilians died. World War II, 1939 to 1945, was the deadliest conflict in history. It is reckoned that between 70 and 85 million people died. Millions died in genocides, including the Holocaust, when around six million Jews were murdered. The Afghan War, 1976 through to 1983. The Iran-Iraq War, 1980 to 1988. The Falklands War, 1982. The Afghanistan War, 2001 through to 2014. The Russian-Ukrainian War, began on the 17th of February last year, and many had to flee their country, and some have come to reside with us here in Balamani. The Hamas war on Israel began on the 7th, Saturday the 7th of October, just six weeks ago, and we can't forget our troubles here in Northern Ireland either. Statistics tell us that at least 108 million people have been killed in wars in the 20th century. Estimations for the total number killed in wars throughout human history range from as low as 150 million to 1 billion people. There's nothing glamorous about war. There's nothing nice about war. What a dreadful thing it is. And it brings heartbreak and sorrow as we know only too well. We read a passage of Scripture tonight that brought us to the prophetic utterances of Jesus Christ. It's the last public sermon of the Savior before the cross, covering the two chapters of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24 and 25. Jesus brings us to the end times in answer to a question that the disciples posed as they sat there among the olive trees of the garden. When shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Before the Lord comes to the subject of his glorious second advent, when he comes in power and great glory, when he separates the saved from the unsaved eternally, he outlines the character of the age in which he comes going to be an age of deception, an age of wars, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, an age of betrayal, hatred, and persecution. And yet for us, as far as the gospel is concerned, it will also be an age of gospel preaching. We ended our reading at verse 14, where Jesus says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When we see the signs of the times rising to a climax, Jesus says, know that it is near, even at the doors, that 
he goes on to say in verse 33. The wars of these past 100 years and more are reminders to us that Jesus is coming again. He promised that he would. John 14, the night before the cross, as he sits with his disciples at the table, seeking to encourage them, for they know that he's going away. Their hearts are sad, and yet Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. And he went on to speak about the glories of heaven, but he said, concerning his coming, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The angels promised that it would be so, and at the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Lord was taken up into glory, and the disciples, somewhat bewildered, looked as the Lord disappeared in the clouds. The angel that was standing nearby, he promised them that this same Jesus, which is taken up into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. The entire scriptures of the Old and the New Testament proclaim this glorious truth. We are to be especially focused on Israel and what is happening in and around Israel with the nations. Uh, I needn't quote it, but some weeks ago when the war broke out, we were brought to consider Zechariah 14 and those, those opening verses where the prophetic word tells us that there is coming a day when the nations shall encompass Jerusalem and the city shall be taken. And so war, dreadful as it is, horrific in its death and destruction, has lessons to teach you and I in these latter days. And I just want to set before you, as we have this remembrance message tonight, just a few lessons that we learn from the wars that are happening even today. The first lesson that we learn from what we've read is Jesus is coming again. Here in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 33, we read these words. Jesus says, So likewise ye, when ye shall see these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. What is near? His glorious second coming, because that's what he's been talking about in this chapter and soon we're going to hear the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel. As we read in verse 30, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. They shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from four winds from one end of heaven to the other. This is the glorious promise for which the church of Jesus Christ awaits. His return is a vital part of God's redemptive plan and purpose. It was foretold by the prophets, proclaimed by the angels, and taught by Jesus himself and subsequently his disciples. In fact, more Old Testament passages are devoted to the second coming of the Savior. Mentioned more often in the Old Testament, so many, many times. And in the New Testament, our Savior speaks more often about his second coming than he does about his death. 
All the glorious promises of Christ's return will be fulfilled right down to the last letter. Nothing will be left undone. He will come again exactly as the Bible proclaims it. Now, Peter tells us that in these last days in which we live, that there will be scoffers. Scoffers will come. There will always be those who will mock Christianity and the doctrines of Christ. And that's why it's so important, that question, what think you of Christ? They mock His first coming. They will mock His second coming. They pour scorn and ridicule upon His virgin birth, His sinless character, His atoning death, His resurrection, and His ascension. It is no small wonder, therefore, that there will arise from the darkness of men's hearts and the wickedness of men's minds scorn and scoffing regarding His personal, powerful, glorious, majestic second coming. Jesus is coming again. And what do the scoffers say? Well, Peter tells us that they, they ask the question, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. And so the people are saying, these decades have passed by and these centuries have passed by. Where's the promise? You say He's coming again. But we don't see that happening. Things are continuing today as they always were. Peter says that they are willingly ignorant. And then he proclaims the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. My friends, tonight learn Jesus is coming again when you see the wars taking place. Learn, secondly, that men will be taken up with themselves and not God. I deduce this from what the Lord says in verses 37 and 38. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And I think that we detect the spirit here that Jesus speaks about in our day. Men have largely forgotten about God. And this is evident in their behavior. No thought of God, no thought of His day, no thought of His word, no thought of His commandments, no thought of His house. And there's, no certain, there's certainly no thought of His coming again or the great judgment. It's an age of self-indulgence and worldliness, eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. And you might write across this description that this is life lived without God. It could be a reference to the normal activities of life because we eat, we drink, people marry, they are given in marriage. And it might just simply say, well, life is going on as normal and people are just living for these things and they've forgotten God. Or it might have the thought of overindulgence and some of the Bible commentators tell us that that is so. It's excessive eating, it's excessive drinking, it's excessive marrying, people jumping into one marriage and out of the marriage and into another, and so on and so forth. You can challenge your own heart here tonight by asking yourself the question, 
what thoughts do I have of God? When you wake in the morning, are your thoughts consumed on yourself? Or do you consider the Lord and spiritual things? As you live each day, as each week passes by, what are your thoughts? Are you like those that are described here by the Lord? You're just getting on with life, the routine things of life, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage with no real consideration about God. Another thing that we need to learn from the passage of Scripture, the Sermon of Christ, is that His coming will usher in fearful separation. We go on to read in verses 40 and 41, Then shall two be in the field, uh, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Can you imagine the scene? Can you really understand here what Jesus is saying? Let this truth sink into your heart. There's coming a day of separation. People will be getting on with life. They'll be working in the field. They'll be working anywhere in their places of business. One will be taken, the other left. This is one of the most solemn moments that will ever happen. And in chapter 25, and you can study this through for yourself, the Lord goes on to emphasize this, this solemn truth of separation by relating three stories. He tells the parable of the ten virgins, the parable of the talents, and the parable of the sheep and the goats. These parables are all teaching the same thing. There's going to be a day of separation. The wise will be separated from the foolish. The faithful will be separated from the unfaithful. The sheep and the goats representing the saved and the unsaved are going to be separated and separated forevermore. What a day that's going to be when families and friends are separated eternally. And then the last thing that I want to draw your attention to that we learn from what's happening in the spirit of the age in which we live, in the wars particularly, we need to be ready. In verse 42 of the Lord's sermon here in chapter 24, Jesus says, Watch, therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. I think you'll agree with me that there's two key words here. One is watch, and the other is be ready. Jesus says we are to watch for his coming, to look for his coming. And so importantly, Jesus says that we need to be ready for his coming. For in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. My dear friends, tonight let me close by reminding you that there's only one way to be ready. We started, wasn't part of the sermon, but we started by telling you about the sacrifice of Christ, the great love that the Lord Jesus had. We've been singing about it in the hymns, the choir have sung about it tonight. We've been led in a very real way to the place called Calvary where Jesus bled and died. Christ had one great purpose in coming into this world. He had one great mission in leaving the ivory palaces of glory and descending into human flesh to be the redeemer of men. And that was to seek and to save that which was lost. How did he do this? By living a life of perfect obedience, 
because Jesus lived for us a life that we could never live. And then ultimately going to the cross of Calvary where Jesus died for us. He died in our stead. He became our substitute. He took our place. And all the wrath of God that we deserve for eternity was brought to bear upon the Lord Jesus Christ when he was crucified there on that center tree. God's wrath fell upon him. Jesus was judged in our place. All that we deserve because of our sin, God poured out his righteous anger upon Christ so that you and I, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice of the cross, might be saved. That's how we get ready. We get ready by realizing Jesus there at Calvary's cross died for me. He purchased for me eternal salvation. And it's only through the work of Christ and him alone in that once and for all sacrifice at the cross that will bring cleansing for my sin and pardon and peace with God forevermore. And as I take that step of faith, trusting in the merit of Christ and all that he came to do, praise God, he brings salvation to me. And that's the only way to be ready. I wonder tonight, in the light of the Lord's sermon, in the light of the character of the age in which we're living, all proclaiming the reality that Jesus is coming again, are you ready for the Lord's return? And if not, I pray that this night, at this remembrance service, that you will turn in faith to him. May God give you grace to do that. We're going to sing in closing that beautiful hymn, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned and unclean.
pray. Father, we thank you for the love of God towards us. We praise you tonight that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Write your word upon our hearts tonight. Make this service a real blessing to all who have come. And may there be some among us, and maybe listening in on the internet tonight, who will find the Savior and come to Christ. Receive our thanks for the refreshments too that have been provided. May we eat and drink to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing for the national anthem. Congregation, maybe seated. Just to say that the food is served out here in the fellowship area. You can sit there. There's the church hall you can go to as well. Thank you for coming, and we trust that you're able to stay just for a little time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 